0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roost Podcast. As always, I am Curtis Byers here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of the Roost, your premier source for Rice sports news and analysis. The Rice, the Roost Podcast, is part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football uh, Republican Football Podcast Network. Hey, Rice is going to a bowl, and, a and not and and yeah, and not on uh, not on grades this time, but on uh, getting six wins.
1: That's, I mean. Yeah. I I I I guess I shouldn't be speechless like this is a audio medium so you came here to listen to at least ostensibly what we think so I should say something but yeah I just man the way this came about was with something <laughs> this yeah. entire ride but I don't know I just going into the North Texas game last year I was I don't know if I was Optimistic. I might have been more pessimistic. I'd have to go go listen to that podcast actually going in. But going into this one, how they were playing, the the near shutout against Charlotte, I felt pretty good about yeah. how things were gonna go. And then the opening play is a 75 yard touchdown for FAU. And I have to like mentally gut check between here we go again and no, it's gonna be okay. And kind of
0: battle that for three hours. And that's, it was so weird because it, like, it should have been okay, even after that first play touchdown, or at least it should have been okay faster than it was, because Rice spent the entire rest of the first half of that game thoroughly outplaying Florida Atlantic. Like, they, they, I mean, I need to look back at the drive chart, because they just, they got nothing. They got nothing after that. Like, after that play, for the rest of the first half, uh, the they inferior They drives. Yes, 17 plays for 47 yards the rest of that half. Uh, but Rice just, they drove up and down the field. Four drives in that half for Rice. 12 plays, 69 yards. Six plays, 77 yards. 12 plays, 72 yards. 11 plays, 63 yards. Uh, you shouldn't come out of that with more than 10 points.
1: Yeah, that was the – because we've seen the the, the deja vu moment. We've seen the script before, right, where Rice plays pretty good football but doesn't get the points, and then lo and behold, they need those points when the fourth quarter comes around. Yeah. And and it was strange because – so the the first offensive drive of the game, Rice goes and you turn it over on downs, no problem with, you know – how that happened, I like the aggressiveness. I would much prefer to turn it over on downs than settle for a long field goal. Just, that's how it works. And then the interception that A.J. threw in the red zone, You can't throw interceptions in the red zone? Like, period, the end? Yeah. But the defensive back did make, like, a pretty outstanding leap up and snag to get it. So... Yeah, and it was the time. of... Like, it, wasn't it wasn't as mad as I could have been at a Red Zone pick.
0: Yeah, and... It wasn't a terrible decision, because I think if I remember It was I'm the right decision.
1: It, it was underthrown.
0: Yeah, like, the um, uh, the broadcaster seemed to think that he hadn't seen the DB that made the interception, and... Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the play again, whether or not I agree with that. But like, regardless, if he puts just like a little bit more air under the ball, the guy can't get to it anyway. So it was just like and not even a bad throw, but just like not a great throw. So
1: it's it was ones one of those- that if he has a track record of not making poor decisions with the football, you gloss over. But when you've had the interception troubles you've had in the past, you kind of say, Hey man,
0: we talked about this. Yeah. And then the other drive, the one before that, they they turned it over on downs inside, like, right at the five, basically. And that was one of the, like, I don't know, it was the correct call to go for it. I absolutely agreed with that. They just didn't get it. So, yeah, I don't know, like, the way things turned out in the first half, it was such a weird combination of, like, you really ought to turn four great drives into more than ten points. But it wasn't like... Oh, man, they played so well, and then they just made these absolutely awful mistakes. It was just like they played generally very great, and then two plays that weren't, like, horrible mistakes just went against them. And I don't know, may, like, maybe I'm just more inclined to be positive with them winning the game. But, like, it just didn't feel like one of those things where it's, like, I I wasn't as upset— As you maybe would have been with that, with the results, just given the way things went. And I felt maybe more confident than I should have been given the way the second half went and the way it came down to the end. But I felt, and I I don't know, I guess this was after the, as well as they played at Charlotte, I was less worried that they would just come out and kind of lay an egg in the second half. Like it was tighter in the second half. And I wish they had gotten even just a bit bigger of a cushion from the first half. But, like, I don't know. I I just felt – I felt reasonably confident that they would keep playing maybe not at the level they were in the first half, but at a good enough level to win. And they did. Yeah, and
1: some of that was, like, I don't know, almost irrational confidence maybe because I had the same, like, it's going to work out, right? Like, they'll get this. But I don't know if I should have felt that way, but but I did – and I think just a lot of it was just this was so looking at the statue. A.J. Padgett finishes 255, three touchdowns, the one pick complete 65 percent of his passes. I think he was he was good on Saturday. I think he was really good, you know, but even talking with Bloomgren afterwards, he's like, yeah, man, like we had the wrong play called in the huddle and some other issues with you know, getting protection set and just, like, just overall, just it it kind of felt like a day where the offense just didn't really ever get it into gear. And I am grateful that against Florida Atlantic, who had scored 15 combined points in their previous two games, (laughs) it didn't really matter if the offense got it into gear because the defense was playing so well. But, yeah, man, I... I, I I was kind of underwhelmed a lot at times with a lot of it. I did think that schematically, if you look at if you look at just touches in this game, uh, Luke McCaffrey touches the ball fourteen times. Dean Connors touches the ball uh, twenty or twenty times, and Juma Ataviano gets fifteen touches. And if you were going to split out who do you want to touch the ball the most it's probably dean mccaffrey and running the football after what we've seen from the past week so i think the game plan was solid i think the execution Mm -hmm. was pretty good you know you end up with three more points than the other team and and i thought this is maybe philosophically this is a, a conversation bigger picture for for later but also, a part of why I kind of felt it felt like it was closer. If you look at the FAU scoring drives, 12 seconds, a minute, 28 seconds, two minutes, 35 seconds. OK, you look yeah. at the Rice scoring drives, you got three twenty four, three 509, and four twenty nine. They had non-scoring drives in this game, three six minute non-scoring drives. And that was part of it. The way that Rice has tended to play football under Bloomgren is, is grinding out a lot of the clock. They did that through passing some this year, not just running, but that whole, if you're going to control and milk the clock and you don't finish, it sets you up for moments like this. That's the only caveat here, yeah, where but- if you play a little faster, if you play faster, you get more possessions, you're a better team. This game is not this close
0: yeah. at all. Yeah, so I don't know. It was it was a weird one. Like, FAU actually outgained Rice on a, a per play basis on this one, but it was such a weird. It's a weird thing to see. Like, because they had two hundred and seventy nine total yards to Rice's four hundred and sixty five. It was just Rice ran eighty one plays, which is a wildly high number for this team, to just forty three uh so they almost do- almost exactly doubled them up in total plays they almost exactly doubled them up in time of possession so in that case especially if you had finished like a couple of these drives uh, that's how you overcome but i don't like i haven't gone through and done the math if you just subtract out the 75 yard touchdown to start out i don't think uh, you get you get 4.9
1: yards per play without the 75 yard touchdown for FAU to 5.7 for Rice
0: yeah which so is a, was
1: marginally more efficient on offense, yeah. which is kind of how it felt.
0: So I don't know. It's a weird one. Uh, again, nice to be sort of frustrated, kind of like the ECU game. Nice to be frustrated after a win. But uh,
1: really do think we've we've now we have we know the offense works yes. like the scheme is sound and. You have the playmakers and the pieces to run it. It really comes down to execution in those key moments. You have the the turnover on downs, that fourth and one jumbo package doesn't convert, which is like there's your one shot a season where it doesn't work, which is surprising at this point. And then you have quarterback decisions and, you know, we don't ha- we're not we don't have insight into, you know, what particular plays. Got it might have messed up and helped contribute some of those drives stalling. But yeah, I think that's what it is. And so I think again, AJ Paget is a redshirt freshman who this was his what
0: would have been fifth career start. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I I think you know, it's probably like, like what is say, the
0: score? What is the score of this game if JT Daniels plays like it,
1: people were asking me beforehand it, it said, <laughs> I, it, I said I I said I was talking with some FAU beat folks. I said, why is this score not why is this score not going to be 35 to 10? Like, regardless of quarterback. And and honestly, you spot them a free touchdown <laughs> and you're and rice just coughs up a couple drives. Like if you are a a well-executed game on both sides of the ball, and I'm not even talking perfect, but you just execute,
0: then I mean, this if, is
1: a 35 to 10 game. Yeah, I mean 35 if you, could,
0: 13. If you... Take away the first, the first touchdown for FAU, uh, and it's reasonable to assume Rice gets a stop after that, given the way they played defense the rest of the half. And then they convert one of those failed first, uh, first half drives into a touchdown. Like that's thirty-one to fourteen. That's like not you know a huge impressive blowout, but that's a decisive win that feels over much earlier. So they should have covered. I think with the final
1: spread was somewhere between three and a half and five. Yeah. The Red didn't cover. They should have covered in this game. They were more than five points better than this team.
0: What did you think of the decision to uh, go for it on fourth down at the end of the game after having burned up most of the clock, but only. uh, Only being up by three at that point. I love it. I'm.
1: I'm all for it. I know we've we've kind of maybe as a as a football culture, we've auto corrected to it used to be nobody ever goes for it on fourth down. You should do it more. And now it's no longer cool to go for it on fourth down all the time. (laughs) Now people do it like in the span of like three years, like go back to like 2020. And it was like, you should go for it. You should always go for it. And now it's like, what are you doing? And so I know the end result doesn't work and we can quibble about the play calling the Q jack direct snap is interesting. It, it, I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't work. So it, 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 obviously signals something weird is going on. Honestly, how great your offense has been going and you need two yards at that point. I was just like, you go jumbo again. Like I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. I do know. I, 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 I say I go like for it. it because you can end the game and exactly. that's all you want to do. And if, and and you look at the the time left on the clock at that moment. You turned it over was a minute and a half. Yeah, minute thirty seven is yeah. left on the clock. So FAU goes down and ties it. Okay, you're still the better team, or they go and take the lead with a quick strike. And I'm like, okay, you have three timeouts and a very
0: functional offense. Yeah. I'm I didn't hate it at all. Yeah, I I was pretty comfortable. If it had been if they had been a little closer to the goal line such that it's an easier field goal and you're not giving up quite as much position field position, if you miss it, um, then I would have been fine kicking it because um, they got down but, to the 22,
1: which yeah. is, so a that's
0: 30, 40 ish yard field goal. I'll yeah. Watch. And I, uh, given the way Rice's field goal kicking has gone this year, I don't think you take that one as automatic. And I like tacking on the extra because like uh, part of the calculus of going for it when you're near, like when you're in the red zone or whatever, is that even if you don't get it, you leave your opponent in very bad field position. And this wasn't on the extreme end of that, but I still liked the given the game state of, of putting them in a slightly deeper hole, even if you don't get it, and then the defense made it completely a completely meaningless thing so yeah and was, i mean that was nice to and see
1: and the question is do you trust luke mccaffrey at two yards yeah yeah every time like i don't care what the situation is or what the play is i'm gonna bet i'm gonna take the over on luke luke getting two yards and so he didn't but that's a bet you live with if if the play that they call up is like a hide end screen to you know what a scout team player, then I'm furious, you know, like, wait, you're, you're, but if, if the end of the day result is you're getting the ball in the hand of your best player, who's going to be playing on Sundays next year and asking him to get two yards, I can live with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I, 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 I thought it was a good decision in the moment. Um,
1: which also just, uh, the, in the post game presser, uh, Bloomgren made this this comment. Somebody asked him about Luke McCaffrey, and he said, "You know, I feel like we talk about Luke every week, and somehow we don't talk about Luke enough." And I was like, "That is, that is exactly the the truth. This is a career best day for him. Twelve receptions, and it. I don't know if it it kind of felt like he was. I don't know. We. I don't know if we really had a game this year where I really felt like he was just." the ball was being funneled to him in all situations. And he was exceptional.
0: Yeah. And Uh, it's, it's, in some ways it's nice not to have to have that happen. Like you don't, you know, he's, he's this people recognize the name and he's obviously a really great player. And it's almost more comforting for the future to not go every game be like, yes, we are just absolutely force feeding this guy the ball because our offense only works if we are getting this one outlier player. Like, that's not the way the offense was this year at all. Like, he had a mm-hmm. fantastic season, but it wasn't the Luke McCaffrey show. Offense.
1: Well, look at yeah. the FAU offense. It was LeJante Western, has 1400 yards and 10 touchdowns, and nobody else
0: did anything. I, and, uh, I agree. Speak, speaking of, how about uh, his stat line? Four catches for 40 yards. That Actually, if
1: you go back and look at the box score from, from last season when they played, him, they shut him down too. And if you went back, and I don't know, in the moment, I wasn't totally cognizant of this because I was just trying to see the passes hit the ground. But if you go go back and watch that final drive of the game, they targeted him on four consecutive passes.
0: He caught none of them. Yeah. Um I you know, the the thing is if you let uh and I'd have to go back and, w- and watch the game. I I I'm, not, I'm sure this wasn't the case on every single play, but uh if you if you give Sean fresh uh a guy who is not like 5 inches taller than he is, uh if you make the his most uh Glaring physical deficit, uh not an issue. Uh, it, it, he's pretty darn good corner.
1: I I don't know, man. I I am choosing to believe at this point that Sean Fresh is six foot because <laughs> the, the way the way he has played this year, and we maybe yeah. this is a further discussion for the end of it. But Sean Fresh has just been unbelievably good. He was unbelievably. This year. I just. And he had he had more uh, pass breakups. Let's see. He, I don't think he ended up getting credited with any in this game. No, no, he didn't. But he had a couple last week. That FAU's leading defensive back had five. I think Sean Fresh had three. Against Charlotte, just like come on, yeah, all on Sean Fresh. But what was? Oh, I would. I do want to close with one thought on Luke before we flip over and talk defense. Because there was one play in particular that, as I've watched Luke this year, like he always has the crazy catch, right? Yep. But there was a a play in, oh man, I need to go find it. Third, It was the second half. I want to say it was third quarter in the middle of one of those scoring drives where it's third down and short. I'm going to see if I can find it. And he is just bracketed in the slot with one guy on each side of him. And he runs just this quick slant and stops. And it's one of those things. He has two guys on him. Everybody in the stadium knows he's going to get the football. He gets smushed between both of them and makes the catch. And I've had so many moments this year where I'm just like, oh, my goodness, you are unreal. But it was, that was just a moment for me where I'm just like, you can't stop him. <laughs> and, I was just, and i laughed and i was giddy and like it made me sad that we might only get one more game of luke mccaffrey in a rice uniform i guess i should be grateful
0: that we do get one more game of yeah. luke mccaffrey because yeah just un unreal yeah they gotta That's get him home. they gotta get him over the hump to a thousand yards so uh
1: yeah i was looking where did he finish he got a, had had stopped at like 960 or something for the yeah. year yeah
0: yeah, he needed, like, he came into the day at, like, 820, 821. So, he needed about 180 yards and got 140. But so what you're saying is there's still time. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's at 963 There's, ti- there's time to get that in,
0: the, in the first quarter of the bowl game, so.
1: First catch. We can get a 37-yard yeah,
0: touchdown. Or a 90-yard touchdown. I'm fine with it.
1: I, I haven't asked him. I bet you it's still eating it. All the wide receivers that the uh, running back still has the longest touchdown reception of the year. <laughs> it's probably up there. Yeah. Shout out offense. We'll give it a B. It was solid. It was fine. It was good enough. I'll, I'm okay with that. The defense, however, outside of that first play. Yeah. Man.
0: Especially that first half, man. Like they were just. That was really impressive. That was phenomenal stuff. Like, it Just so, as assignment sound and disruptive and just really incredible performance, just, just, just as good as we, uh, good of like a stretch of football as we've seen from them.
1: Yeah, I think they just, they did everything right. I think their their coverages were really good. Their run fits were incredible. The the pressure that they were able to get at the line of scrimmage, like they just won all the time. Uh, their quarterbacks were throwing under pressure all day. It just it it kind of it, after the you have the first touchdown which uh, people have been you know, calling that the holding or not holding that was called on Trayvon Devone's, well, there was no penalty called, but that his positioning and how that kind of play transpired definitely helped that long run happen. So, yeah, and and you can't, well, if you take out the bad play, the rest of it, I get it. But the, the totality of, of what we saw, I mean, you're looking at what, 75 rushing – or 76 yards rushing on 23 attempts for the rest of it, like three and change, a carry, and a lot of negative plays. Uh, FAU is three of nine on third down, and only nine third downs because they didn't really have much much time with the football
0: Like, Yeah. It was I don't like think- – they had three They had three quick-strike drives and just got shut down every other time. There were no, like, moderate-length drives for FAU in this one. It was they scored in a couple plays or they they went three and out. And no I made was. a comment of
1: this during the game. I, I tweeted it out in my thread that this offense – I said the FAU offense is so disjointed right now that the only way that they are going to score – is chunk plays. And that's yeah. that's how they, they did it. I'm like, I have nobody watching this football game right now can convince me you can construct a eight to ten play cohesive drive where everything makes sense. Which that's what Rice did all day. Yeah. It was cohesive drives, boom, boom, convert on third down, move the chains. The rice offense was working and shooting themselves in the foot at the end of the drive. FAU never even got that close. So I there was yeah. so they've I don't just always thinking back where we were mid
0: season and I think had you five have five drives that lasted at least 11 plays in this game just that's that's service academy acts. level yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the, the last one 13 plays 64 yards if it's one more i guess it would have been what what three more plays if you count the kneel downs uh, yeah. could have been a 16 play drive to i really felt when they took over with 7:57 on the clock i'm like they're just going to milk it they're just going to end the game right here.
0: So close. Yeah. Um, and like, even though they didn't finish the drill there, it it's. I love to watch a team do that. It's like, okay, we just. It's it's demoralizing. Uh, yeah, it, like from the, from watching the Tulane game when Tulane did
1: it against Rice, It was just like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. Let us let them have a chance.
0: <laughs> like, you're, F- you're a team in FAU situation. There, you give you you punt. You're down three, and you punt it. Like you're nervous because it's the fourth quarter but like as a fan you're watching that and you're like okay we have half a quarter left here like we gotta get a stop we can't let them you know really burn things down here and we gotta move once we get the ball back but like there's a half a quarter left like we're gonna get probably two more shots at the ball maybe like if, if we're quick and you got one and it was with a minute left and no time no timeouts And at that point, after you'd seen enough of their offense, you're
1: like, they're they're not scoring here. No, <laughs> and I it just it's it, it is so incredible to think of the journey that this defense has been on because think back to, you know, like the Houston game where you go up big and then you this defense what on what at least two occasions this year allowed 28 unanswered points. I guess that's an offensive yep. stat too. Yeah. But yeah, it, like it's been there like that's happened in games this year and did not allow even close to 28 <laughs> in in the last two games. And, and the ones that counted to get to bowl eligibility, they were just they're so good and coming from spots that I just I just frankly didn't expect. Like there were moments in this game where Gabe Taylor was coming off the field on third down and they were putting on. Tyson Flowers and Jojo Jean, and just, you know, Tracy on the bones, guys that I would have thought at the beginning of the season would not be on the field on a key third down to get to a bowl game. And they bowled out. They were great. Defense did everything. No complaints. If if the offense is a B minus, I the off the defense gets an A from me. Yeah. I'd take away your. Your 175 yard touchdown and happy. And also, frankly, we feel a lot better about this game because when I, I don't know if you saw this like, during real time, but the official Rice football account tweeted out at the end of the third quarter. You know, they always do the in between quarter like graphic mm-hmm. with the score. The third quarter, end of third quarter update was something to the effect of like f- 15 minutes from going bowling. And they were up 24 to 10. And (laughs) it it was at that moment where I was like, oh, no, no. Like, get like, probably (laughs) like, like you have a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. I think, you know, teams probably convert that into a win, something like 80 percent of the time. Like, it's got to be a pretty high number for a two score lead in the fourth quarter. But I'm like, but, you know, don't, you know, and it ended up being fine. But <laughs> I got particularly nervous at one point. I was just like, "Please, please don't do this. Um, but they did it. Yeah, I overall, happy that they won and and I'll say this after the game, and for those who didn't stay up to what two o'clock central time, uh, Hawaii ended up doing a like fire drill. It was wild. Go look it up if you didn't see it. but uh, they did a fire drill, field goal. And they they got the kickoff with one second left on the clock to walk off uh, Colorado State, and the reason that matters is because that officially would have required an extra five and seven bowl team with that result. So uh, Rice would have been that five and seven bowl team. So uh, if Rice had not won against FAU, they still would have been bowling as a five and seven team.
0: Yeah, but so much more satisfying this
1: way. I and I think it matters, man. Like I think there's it something to be does. said yeah. for like if you get in as a technicality, like and I even I was talking with uh, OC Marcus to to Asopo before the week, and I put this in my practice notes, and he said it really matters, to, like to us that like 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 we earn it for real. That was what he said. Earn it for real. And there was a sense in that building that they didn't really earn it last year. Like they were happy to go, but they, they didn't earn it and they earned it this year. And I think for everybody in that, in that building, they, there is a difference about winning that sixth game, especially for how good they were. This was at least a six win team,
0: which, you know, and they got there. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll summarize the season uh, a little bit more, uh, very soon when we have the Roosties, but uh, it's, to me, it said a lot about this team, and yeah, they were favored, and they should have won these games, and, you know, you can say what you will, but like, man, they lost, we we spent the first two-thirds of this season on this podcast talking about how much it meant to this team, and how, how much JT Daniels was driving the bus, and how much having him had bolstered the and raised the ceiling and the floor for this offense and, and how it had done such a great thing for the team overall. And then he went out and was, was out for the final three weeks of the season. And you needed to win two of those games to win a bowl and they, to get to a bowl. And they did like they, uh, it was harder than we maybe hoped it would be when we were, you know, four or five weeks into this season, but in some ways, it's all the more impressive that they ended up doing it yeah they
1: they and and they they did it in so many ways they they won with just enough offense, they won with defense and and special teams, special teams that they made one a one field goal attempt, and they made it. We've had a couple kickoffs out of bounds, which is like that can't ever happen, so not yeah. perfect, but yeah, like, well, they got better they they found a way to finish, and I'm much happy happier. And I guess at time of recording, and and I guess probably when you're listening to this, we don't know where or when the bowl game will happen, but there will be a bowl game. Do you have any? Do you have any favorite picks? Um, there's a lot of projections right now for Hawaii, which is playing being played on the 23rd. Yeah.
0: So um, we also
1: have a new suite with the AAC games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What are I, I don't know. Should we? I, I guess by the time we would be talking about this again, we'll, we'd know it. So, what are the, what are our possibilities here besides besides the whole list? Old. I
1: think they're tied into three, and then I think there's like eight or nine more that they could go to. It's not like I think USA just said, "Hey, these are the eight plus maybe one more." It's three plus a lot of options. I think one of them was uh, the, a pinstripe bowl, and uh, they they play that at Fenway, I believe.
0: And uh, there's like that,
1: four four bowl games yeah. happening in Frisco. It, just change your name, but there's a lot of them there. I know for travel that would make a lot of sense. Uh, I think there's like Gasparilla, maybe. It, it, I think that's at Raymond James. Yeah. So
0: I'll say I don't, I, I don't know. With the way the timing works, like I I get out of school, I get out of of, of school for the holidays very late this year. So, uh, it's probably not going to be a ha- a trip for me regardless. So, in that sense, uh I guess Frisco would be fine in that more uh, I would feel happy for the the more rice fans that could make it in that instance. Uh or I would uh feel good for the players for them to get a trip to Hawaii out of it. Hopefully the travel back is a little smoother this time than it was 10 years ago. <laughs> um but if they, yeah. if they
1: do go to Hawaii, maybe we'll have to have JP Heath Ricehouse voice on the podcast to to share his Hawaii Bowl return story. Because <laughs> if, for those who haven't heard, it was it was quite an adventure trying to get back on, and that's when they still played the game on Christmas Eve. I believe they've gone two or three years now that it's
0: been on the twenty third. Yeah, it had previously been on Christmas Eve. Yeah, like I remember watching that game.
1: It was forever, but I think the last yeah. couple of years, because I was, at, you know, you, you put the kids in bed or you finish whatever you're doing and it's like 1030 and you just flick on and you watch the end of the Hawaii Bowl. And that's just that maybe that's just a college football sicko in me that that would do that. Who was watching Fresno State and, you know, what Southern Miss or somebody, whoever it was at the time. Um, I'm sure, Sure, there, there's been some wild Hawaii Bowl, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk bowls next week. We'll talk. But what is this the fifth annual Roosties? Fourth annual? Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to go check the tape. Uh, a couple of those talk postseason superlatives. I'm I'm kind of working through now. There are some hard decisions, man. I will tell you that on just kind of figuring out some of those. So it'll be fun. We'll have to I'll go we'll go pull up our notes after this and do some homework. Not to give you extra homework at the end of the semester, but <laughs> I guess I will, but it's you know it's for bull season, so you can't be too upset. Those are the rules.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'll be back to talk that then. We, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's nice to to end the season, in the regular season, on an unequivocal high note, uh, and and to get to complain about things that are just you know our quibbles with the performance in this past game, uh, without you know, having to, to hit a note of, of pessimism about the program's future. But so uh, this one feels good. And we'll be back to kind of put things in in greater perspective uh, real soon with the Roosties. So we'll see you all then. And rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.